Uh, everybody, welcome to episode, what is it, four of season two of Red Wings Rant, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network and your two favorite brothers, the Brothers of Discussion. Hello! Uh, coming to you live uh, every Wednesday night. It kind of seems like that might change soon. And Sunday morning, uh, to give you uh, Sunday morning beer drinking uh, <laughs> habits. And, uh, of course, talk Red Wings hockey. This, of course, is where tirades and impassioned pleas for your Detroit Red Wings have a home. Uh, that's right, right here at Red Wings Rant. Uh, thank you for tuning in. Uh, you can find us, if you're, depending on where you're watching us right now, you can find us on Twitter, at BOD Hockey. You can find us on YouTube as the Brothers of Discussion. We have our two playlists. Of course, this one for Red Wings Rant, like our other playlist, Pro Wrestling. That's right, check us out, because we also have our Twitter, at BOD Podcast, if you want to follow along for all of our hot pro wrestling takes. We missed a huge wrestling night last night, so don't worry about Impact Wrestling or any of that New Japan stuff, because we don't have the time. <laughs> Somewhere else. It yeah. wasn't New Japan that was on last night. It was it was another one that people like. Uh, no, there was anyway, but I mean, look where our loyalties lie. Yeah, yeah. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> All right, so go go check that out. Uh, what else do we have? Uh, we have oh, all right, our wonderful website at uh, that's uh, bodpodcast.com or brothersofdiscussion.com. There is also a link to our shop. Um, and I just realized I forgot to put on my Red Wings rant, wear, uh, rant sweatshirt, and instead I'm wearing my PJs. So my Star oh. Wars, my Star Wars T-shirt. I mean, they're red. Yeah, yeah. Nice. That's yeah. probably why I forgot because it matches. Um, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, check all that out at bodpodcast.com and brothersofdiscussion.com. Mike, today we have um, Jack from J Fresh Hockey. He's going to be uh, at, at the end of the show. Uh, so we're going to do a quick run through on our everybody's favorite segments of Red Wings Rant, including our father, uh, who loves to hear our hottest take on uh, Rochester Mills beers. But before we do that, we've got hockey talk. Those are the moments you're a sports fan for. Um, those are the moments where you know you're down through nothing and the team has this amazing comeback and the guy who you want who you really are thinking this needs to be the star of this team has a hat trick we've got beer it has a unicorn on the can an easy drinking beer that's just delicious we want to help you understand the sport you love better what kind of things are you looking for to understand the game better? What you know? What's a couple of things someone who's watching the game at home when things start up here in a few weeks, or if they're watching college hockey, what's going on right now? What kind of things would they be looking for to try and understand the game better, or what's happening in the game, that sort of thing? Sure. Yeah, it's a great question, and I think it's it's something that's evergreen. Um... Listen to Jackets Debrief, part of the Hockey Podcast Network, and available wherever fine podcasts are downloaded. Mike, it's, I think it's our favorite segment. First, it's Be the GM. I, <laughs> I thought you were going to say, who's that Pokemon? And that's my, oh, that's my favorite segment. <laughs> uh, who's that GM is pretty good, though. All right, what do no, we got on the docket? Be the, be the GM. Who, who's mean, that GM? Who's that, that was GM? what we played. You, you get to be the GM. <laughs> that's, that's right. <laughs> All right, uh, uh, here we go. Uh, Mike, it's uh, one month into the new season. Goalies are getting injured across the league. With uh, Jonathan Bernier on the block, Iserman is feeding offers, uh, uh, fielding offers daily. I can't, it's so tiny. 
which what which offer should he take for Bernier? So essentially, the situation is here. Uh, there's so many injuries. Uh, we, we heard Jeff Blaschel talking on um, uh, what, it, what was it, uh, Sportsnet, or maybe uh, was, uh, the the NHL. What's the ch- NHL Network? <laughs> Jesus. Uh, and, he, and he said there wouldn't be an exhibition season. He said that multiple times in the interview. So again. The, the scenario just seems like it could be so real now that there are going to be a ton of injuries. Um, so here, here's our here's our offers, Mike, uh, so that other teams can, can feel. Actually, I can actually read it if the font's too small. So, yeah, go ahead. Uh, for Bernier, Matt, in this scenario, yeah. uh, do you want to try and get... And now we're assuming these offers are on the table. Here we go. Second and a forward prospect. Second and a top 50 goalie prospect. A second in 2021 and 2022, so that's two second rounders. Or you just kind of hold out till the deadline and watch the desperate fools, you know, throw something at you. You just punt, or you have these readily available. Matt, in a landslide so far, um, second and top 50 goalie prospect were the winners. Yeah, I, and I, I, I had to put in the top 50 goalie prospect because the one I had. I had the space to do it, um, but I think that was really important because there—you don't just want to get any sort of prospect in there, and, and then we're not guaranteeing anything with a top fifty goalie. Uh, we actually see like the the turnaround on that, the conversion rate is <laughs> extremely low uh, of of getting a, a top fifty prospect from uh, you know in in, in that. Uh, just really that position, and and we know that the Red Wings are really lacking, so I think it would be. Really, I, I think you'd be able to sit there and Mike probably field some offers for just a younger goalie and uh, and really give that some serious consideration. But if you're getting a second round pick too, uh, I, I'd take that as well. So here I am. I'm the guy who came up with the poll answers, but <laughs> that that should have won. I, I think that really is the the best bet for the for the Red Wings right now, and uh, I, I think it's hilarious that nobody wanted a forward prospect. Um, and and uh, there were more people that would. Uh, that would rather punt and wait for the deadline. Yeah, I uh, I did think that was pretty funny too. Uh, absolutely nobody, nobody, not one single vote uh, for the forward prospect. And Matt, uh, put in my two cents. I also don't want a forward prospect. Um, I will say of these three options, holding out till the deadline, eh, you know that's probably my option number two. I'll say that. But a second in 2021 and 2022, Matt, I'm not super enamored of the second round. Uh, there isn't that that many times that, uh, you know, that you hit. Um, and I'm not just saying the Red Wings. I'm saying in the NHL, you don't see a lot of, you know, top prize hogs in the second round. Um, so I think the best scenario is if you're guaranteeing a top 50 goalie prospect, yes, give me that. That's That's the only entity i'm excited about in these options so um that's me too i'm joining i'm joining the group at the 53 percent there nice well i mean that, that's the problem with this is that uh i think where a week ago we got some pushback on, on getting rid of darren helm i think everybody's okay like we haven't formed a relationship a real strong one with bernie i think we appreciate what he's done but we're all just we're ready to, to, to move on because he's not the, the goalie of the future. And, and, and we haven't held on to it. We haven't had him long enough here. He, d- he doesn't have like even even Jimmy Howard had that, uh, you know, you had the strong emotions for him, even with the terrible season he had last year. Like we still came back around and we're like, 
we still love you, Jimmy. Like we still <laughs> appreciate everything. So it really is like uh, when you when you stand the test of time, that's when it becomes harder to say goodbye to these guys. But uh, right now, I mean, it really just seems like everybody's ready to go. We didn't even get uh, we didn't get that those comments or the retweets of of how we were we were uh, gonna get killed uh, for sending Darren Hill. Daring to uh, say, yeah. But yeah, I, I think uh, this is as good a time as any to to move on because we are all pretty much in agreement, and I think. Uh, I think we are, this, this is more or less just that uh, highlight too, that we are in desperate need of some, some more, sh- a, a sure, can I, can I say that? Sure, uh, goalie prospect, instead of just picking up, um, <laughs> you know, the, Eric ad, Comrie. Uh, <laughs> what? Eric Comrie. Yeah. He was a hot shot for us for a game. Remember him? <laughs> uh, but yeah, we, we just want something that's more more than just picking up the the draft pick, the one draft something pick. With a, more, yeah, with a little more substance to it. Yeah, and bed A little bit more of a proven uh, entity, and yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, so moving on, Mike. We're rounding the toilet bowl on that one. All right, we're good. <laughs> Is it beer time, Matt? Yeah, I guess it's beer time. Uh, everybody, uh, each and every week leading up until the final beer. I was going to say till Christmas, but I, I haven't done the math yet. Uh, we're going to be drinking. Uh, from Rochester Mills, uh, milkshake stout, 12 days of Christmas box set. Uh, we've gotten through quite a few. We've had, uh, some, some burning ones, uh, in the last week, uh, <laughs> in, in regards to even the gingerbread beer. Uh, they, they actually went pretty hard in, in, the, in, in, a, in a peppery way, uh, and, uh, was felt the next morning while sitting on the old, uh, porcelain throne. But, uh, today... We're hoping to avoid the uh, pepperiness because we're going straight into uh, the double chocolate milkshake stout. Uh, I, I can only think that this is going to be all sweet. It's going to it's going to touch the uh, the chocolate milk feel. <laughs> if it's double chocolate, I have to believe that. Uh, but so far, Mike, just to kind of recap uh, what we do here, we're we're tasting this for drinkability which we measure in two different ways can you drink this all day and and is it just tasty because uh, you there are some beers that uh, you can drink all day and they're disgusting uh there's matching right. the flavor so we want to match the double chocolatiness today and then the can which right now mike gotta say it's one of the better cans that we've pulled out of that box uh at least from my 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 perspective you know it's uh stunningly um get that out of the way yeah like it just takes me back to uh when we were young and we would um you know help our mom with baking and it was our job to apply the frosting and we didn't yeah. make frosting uh we would use it that canned stuff that came out of like aisle four at kroger and this looks like a beautiful picture of the top of that can once you opened it and there's that swirly sweet sugary chocolatey goodness um I'm, I, I'm really, I'm really excited to try this one because not only is it a chocolate milkshake stout, it's a double chocolate milkshake stout. Now, what I thought was going to happen when they listed the ingredients, it would just have two entries for cocoa nibs, uh, but it turns out we have cocoa nibs and cocoa powder. So ah, that's how you get the double. Got it. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to say this. Uh, it, you, we kind of already jumped into the can, so I'm going to get this one out of the way for me. I, I'm going to, I'm going to give this one uh, an eight point nine. Uh, because it is, it is very subtle and we talked about liking subtlety, but, uh, it does sort of border on too subtle. Uh, but I, I, I still, 
I still like it. Me knowing what it is, like if you took out the double chocolate milkshake stout labeling on here, there, there, there is some cause for concern of what else this big pile of chocolate could look like. Ooh. <laughs> when you have the label, it works. So I'm, I'm going 8.9 and then I'm going to crack this sucker open and pour it. Yeah, I'm going to go with a, uh, give me an 8.7 on this one. Uh, it's, uh, I, I really like that nostalgia pull where I, I think I'm helping uh, to bake in the kitchen. So I'm all over it. Matt, are we snapping these open now? Hell yeah. All right, here we go. All right, I, I go to see, oh, look at this. Now, the last couple of pours. Matt likes a big old head. Oh, yeah. Matt will go on and on about beer head. Look at this one's a little too big, so this might be getting a little old. Uh, <laughs> Overdoing it, double chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> Mine was all head. There was no drink in it. Uh, all right, so the uh, the first sniffs here, they're they're very chocolatey, and th this really bodes well for the scores. That the can got a super high score already. Um, all right. Um, I mean, the, the earthiness is completely gone and, and I actually mean that in a good way. I mean, we're, we're I'm just getting chocolate. I don't, I'm not getting any sort of beery. I'm not getting flowery aromas. I'm, I'm getting like a thinner, it's like I'm drinking a thinner chocolate milk right now. Yeah. There's no, no earthiness to it. Like you would get, I mean, I'm just talking like straight up your beer, your stouty beer flavors. There's, there's none of that there. This is just chocolate to me. It's almost got a little bit for me of a uh, like a almost like a gusher effect um, where the beer enters my face. And then once it kind of travels down your your taste buds, you definitely get that chocolate splash going all the way down. Yeah. I, and I, that's the thing is, um, do, you, do you want that? I think ultimately we've said week after week, like chocolate absolutely is coming out of your 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 stouts so if you're getting double chocolate and you're getting this much chocolate and you're drinking a can that's called double chocolate um i think so far mike it's we've gone over matching the flavor I, this is right up there i mean even when i love the peanut butter stout i gave it a 7.9 i don't know if i gotta let mine breathe a little bit but i'm still i still got some earth in my can oh hmm. Maybe you got to make a bigger head next time. Get yourself a bigger head, Mike. I'm uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go eight point three. I'm matching the flavor and drinkability on this. It is pretty sweet, so I'm gonna say it tastes great. But I don't think I could drink this all day. So I'm 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 gonna go. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go eight point one on that. So it's it's lower than the peanut butter stout and the imperial java because um, at least those mixed it up a little bit. But this this is going to be a pretty high score for this beer. This is going to be uh, so far for me. It ends up being the second highest beer that uh, that we've had. Damn. Uh, so for where's our little chart here? You got drinkability and matching the flavor. <sighs> drinkability. I'm going to seven point five. Got I don't it. Think, I don't know if I want to drink tons of these, but I mean it's it's going to be something that's pretty easy to uh, defeat. You know, at the at well, the yeah, one can's going down, no problem. Yeah. Uh, matching the flavor. Um, you said you got some earthiness. Yeah, I'm gonna go about a seven point one on mine. It probably yeah, doesn't. This is one that I should pour into a glass, but I've tried to be consistent since I drank the first one straight out of the can. Yeah, this might this might be where when I told you my breakfast this morning was a giant cinnamon roll that might be coming into play right now. <laughs> it's still on the old taste buds. 
So all I'm getting is sweet. That, that's it. The other sweet, thing sweet, we need sweet. to figure out is sometimes if you take like a small sip, there's a flavor. But if you take like a big chunky sip, like a big gulp, it has a different um, taste to so it. Getting back to that cinnamon roll, I am. <laughs> I cannot take a big sip. <laughs> I feel like I'm this close. You're carved up right now. The cinnamon roll's ready to come back up. Uh, all right. So like my, my score actually comes out to eight point three. And Mike, yours uh, yours comes out to seven point six six, which uh, with with what we have graded here makes it the third best beer on your score out of the twelve. Um, and for me, that is now the second best beer. Even though uh, we put, it's so funny uh, we say drinkability, <laughs> it's not that high. It's actually tied for the fifth best beer on my side, but. Uh, for you, you know, and then, and then we, we score it out with the can and the marketability and the matching flavor. So it gets that little bump up. Gosh, uh, you know, it, it really makes me want to go to the store and buy a little can of frosting. That's what it really makes me want to do. <laughs> Maybe that should be part of it. What, frosting what, is, food. Yeah. what is the beer emote? Um, all right. So, so that's it, everybody. Uh, 8.3 again for Matt on uh, the double chocolate stout out of the uh, Rochester Mills 12 Days of Christmas milkshake stouts. Mike has a 7.66. Very good scores from either side. And, uh, Mike, I think now it's time to play your favorite game. Is it? Is it time? Who's that? Who's that? Pokemon! Just got to get some tunes for that. All right. right. Head coach Jeff Blashville. If this is your first episode of the Brothers of Discussion, um, Red Wings rant, uh, Matt drinking beer, Mike also drinking beer, this is our favorite game. What we do is we uh, cherry pick quotes from head coach Jeff Blaschel, um, usually about a player. Matt, this is no exception. Jeff Blaschel's talking about someone. Hey, thanks, Brandon. Yeah, thanks, Brandon. uh, Brandon, I hope you're buckled in for another round of Who's That Pokemon. Now, Matt did lose (laughs) last time, uh, but Matt, he's ready to get off the schneid. I think I, I made this one just a little bit easier for him, Matt. As always, every week you get to choose if you'd like me to read it or Paul Woods. Matt, go ahead and bury your brother once again. Well, my absolute favorite thing this week is that I made the uh, the ad uh, this week of us playing Who's That Pokemon and me picking <laughs> Paul Woods and you telling me to go F myself. Um, that, that was wonderful. Uh, it, it really, you know, I, I took the time to bleep out the F. I, I highly recommend, Mike, you go watch that. Uh, I, I know I know it's tough to find the time, uh, but go find that video because uh, hearing the bleep, I think, made it a thousand times better. But, uh, Mike, I, I got to go for another bleep because uh, I'm going Paul Woods again. Give me, give me that Paul Woods flavor. Your own, your own brother. Throw him in the fire. By the way, right. uh, Mike, somebody who works with Paul Woods all the time? Uh, may have confirmed a conversation with us. I don't know if anybody wants to take a stab at who that might be. Uh, but come January, come January. <laughs> Matt, in our interviews, we, we shot and we score! Yeah! That's a good, I like that you did that. A little uh, little Ken Cal action, huh? Mm. Oh, damn it! Don't say it! Who else talks like that? Come on! <laughs> that score! Man, do you think uh, if we... Wait, line change. Line change. Yeah. We still have that graphic uh, queued up? We never, we never had a graphic. Queue it up. All right. All right. Where's the <laughs> production <laughs> guy in the truck? I feel, I feel like Jericho in the truck. Where's the guy in the graphics? Um, where was I going with this? 
We were oh, talking about yeah, when we talk about okay, we met Ron Simmons of WWE fame, and we said, "Do it, do the thing, do the thing." And he went, "Damn!" Is there any shot we can get Ken Cal to say scores? Just a little false. Oh my god! I <laughs> will he? We'll save it. Well, it'll be the last question, right? Yeah, I'll open with that and have them click out of our interview. But is there right. a shot? And I'm done. Thank <laughs> <laughs> you. Yeah. Um, we say uh, it with love. I'm gonna try. Like, I, yeah, we say it with love. I I will ask him. Can you give us a a goal call for? Can Can you say Red Wings rant shoots and scores? Maybe maybe we can get that, and that'll be our drop. That'll be our, our new ad going oh, forward. My heart will be all a flutter if he'll do that. <laughs> all if right. Um, note. All right. But before we talk to Ken Kell, a uh, friend of the show, Paul Woods, is here to read yet another edition of Who's It Pokemon? Matt, you buckled in? I'm ready. All right, Matt's buckled in. Here we go. So, uh, everybody, hello, it's uh, Paul Woods here again, uh, reading another exciting edition of Who's That Pokemon? It's the only reason I have to wake up on a Sunday morning. Here we go. So, Matt, here we go. As Blink thrived, I'd go to Jeff Blaschel asked rhetorically. There is no uh, media members in the room. This is just a little journal. He's just recording. <laughs> He's just recording into his phone. <clears throat> Blank uh, hasn't thrived. Has he done pretty good? Yes. If over the next course of games, whether it's tonight, he has a great game that helps us to say, well, maybe he's starting to really look like he's thriving, but we'll take it day by day. And Matt, for a little extra context, once again, because we don't have active hockey games. This is roughly 365 days ago. Okay. So Coach Jeff Blaschel is talking about a player on the team. And I'm going to give you the quote one more time, now that you have that context, from one year ago. I'm ready. Has uh, Blank thrived? He hasn't thrived. Has he done pretty good? Yes. If over the next course of games, whether it's tonight, he has a great game that helps us to say, uh, well, maybe he's starting to really look like he's thriving, but we'll uh, take it day by day. Okay. I think, Matt, Matt, I think what you did here... Wanted- jump right into his who's that pokemon guess i see him thinking about the roster he's thinking about the ebbs and flows. he's thinking about december 13th 2019 look at him go uh so here's here's what just happened i i did pull up the roster this time because i wanted to i wanted to feel it while you're reading it and and i realized i'm looking at the wrong roster because you already gave away who your who that pokemon was it was eric comrie wasn't it because that's when we picked him up and he got his games in. He was talking about if he was doing well, he came in with that, uh, like a hot start and then fizzled off, right? Traded for comedy. He got a shot. He got three games in. Matt, the losing streak continues. Damn it. Oh, no. Oh, no. It was great. Right. Oh, come on. Oh, no. You did it. And that one will uh, deflect uh, harmlessly onto the boards. No goal for the Red Wings on that uh, <laughs> five-on-none power play there. And uh, Matt, <laughs> that's not Stanley He was such a weird name drop. Um, Matt, it was Philip Sedina. This was a game uh, right after he uh, had a three-point game. The youngest in Red Wings, uh, third youngest in Red Wing history to have a three-point game behind Iserman and who cares. Uh, he assisted on a couple of Fabry goals and got a goal of his own. 
And then uh, basically, and that's what he said. Yeah. What the hell? Because they are talking about sending him because he kept hot potatoing uh, up and down uh, because you know there was so so much a uh, a point of discussion whether or not to keep him on the active roster. And you just made his roller coaster up and said, down. Uh, yeah, lose that year of eligibility. Huh. Well, All right. right. Well, so that concludes another uh, episode of uh, Who's That Pokemon? So and, uh, I said oh, there's. I, I said there's no way he, he did Philip Sedina two gate two effing shows in a row and, and here we are. <laughs> losing streak continues. Yeah. Oh, Yo, we, three three shows in a row. That's my when, when we first started doing this, I I, I really you know I started hot. Uh, I think we had a good, you know, you, you kept saying the streak is alive because I was winning. Now it's just it's 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 too hard. Sorry, there's uh, a lot I don't, of Pokemon out there. You know, it's don't feel bad. Yeah, you pick and Pikachu. Pick somebody else. <laughs> I mean, I'm no, trying I'm to I'm, I'm trying to give you the benefit of the doubt here. I did pick Pikachu two weeks in a row, and uh, you couldn't name drop him. I don't know. I don't know why you went with the obscure uh, 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 Ching Chilling. Uh, nobody wants Ching Chilling at this point, man. Sorry. All right. Well, I'm gonna uh, get this all set up here uh, for you, everybody, because we're we're gonna have uh, at J Fresh Hockey. It's Jack from at uh, J Fresh Hockey joining us. Uh, we recorded this interview earlier, so unfortunately, uh, you won't you won't be able to ask any questions. Uh, but I still hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, it was my opportunity since we've already talked to Greg Wachinski. Let's uh, and not that Greg hates analytics or numbers, but uh, I wanted to get a guy that is deep in the weeds, and you can check out everything that he's doing. And we're going to go through it right at the top of the interview. I'll give you guys the list of everywhere to find Jay Fresh Hockey. Uh, but he he was he was a lot of fun to talk to. Uh, definitely a guy that likes to meld. Um, you know, let, let's get some more fun in regards to uh, hockey analytics, the daily life. Um, and I, I had a blast talking to him. I hope he comes back once the season starts rolling. Uh, but I, what's, what's funny, Mike, is that I was actually stalling there for a second so that we could, uh, I, I could find this. Stretch. I, I, Stretch. Uh, forgot to actually look for it while I was stalling. All right. Uh, so we've, I've got it up there. We'll go full screen in a second here. And Ooh, then, uh, got his, uh, Dexter Loomis Henley on everybody. Don't want to miss that. Yeah. Now you know when it was recorded, recorded on a Wednesday. All right, uh, everybody, uh, enjoy the rest of the show, and uh, we will we'll see you guys. What uh, we'll see you guys on Wednesday Wednesday night. All right, here's yeah. the interview with uh, Jay Fresh Hockey. All right, thanks for tuning in, everybody. He is the fresh, never frozen hockey analytics man, the creator of the player cards that you're probably stealing and retweeting on Twitter. His work has been used on the Athletic and Sportsnet. You can find him at Jay Fresh Hockey. I wonder if that gave it away on Twitter. And jfresh.substack.com. Support him on patreon.com slash jfreshhockey. He is jfreshhockey. <laughs> can, can I, should I call you Jay? Is that, uh, uh, I, Jack would probably be better. I'm not going to force you to, uh, I'm not going to force you to say jfresh over and over again. <laughs> it was the worst thing I could do. No, that's, that's fine. I, I love Jack. Um, well, we'll jump. I mean, you know, I'll be honest. I was training myself all morning to make sure I was getting that that J Fresh. I started to wonder if it was J Fresh. Um, it could have been any number of things. So I'm glad. I'm glad we're going to go in that direction. Um, yeah. Like I told you, uh, we'll jump into the icebreakers here. Um, I, I want everybody to. I, I see. I see it every day on Twitter, right? Uh, when you come out with uh, some sort of 
analysis, if it doesn't quite make anybody's favorite team look amazing, they come back and, and try and clap back at you. So I want everybody to get to know you. Um, let's start with, what's your favorite holiday movie? What, what, uh, what do you absolutely have to watch during the holiday season? Oh, that is a yeah, that's a great question. Uh, m- my favorite is uh, the Muppet Christmas Carol. I'm not sure oh, if you've seen that one, but absolutely. Uh, I got a uh, it's a, a tradition. Me and my girlfriend watch it uh, every year. She's uh, she and I always go back to our separate uh, our separate uh, provinces uh, over the holidays. So we always make a point to watch it kind of the day before we leave because uh, Michael Caine. You wouldn't think so, but uh, he makes uh, the best Scrooge out there. So you know I'd what? say that would be my pick running away. I I have made the argument year after year that he deserved an Oscar nom because not a, like is he he's Michael Caine every time he is a thousand percent in that role and he's acting around Muppets he yep. is amazing in that movie uh, I I'm quite envious though of you and your girlfriend because uh, that is a movie that uh, my wife she's not too keen on she thinks uh, it's a little too scary which. I mean, I, I think that's fair. I don't know how I watched it when I was a kid because I was a total wuss when I was a kid when it came to movies. But for some reason, I think there were enough puppets in it to kind of offset any uh, any wussiness that I had going on. The the death scenes are are very terrifying. Uh, so all right, so sticking with the holiday theme, uh, v- wonderful pick by the way. That is my it, it's that for me, and then uh, Christmas Vacation. Uh, yeah. But uh, second question here: How about how about candy? What do you what are you making sure for the holidays you're grabbing? Are you a uh, Reese's tree? Are you grabbing the uh, holiday M and M's? No, we've always gone with the uh, the chocolate oranges in my house. Those uh, like the oh. British chocolate oranges, the one that you yeah. knock on, that you knock on the counter, and then the the I guess in the commercial, the girl in the bath falls from the ceiling. Very uh, nice. not, not counting on any of that, but uh, yeah, no, we always make a point to uh, to grab those, and we we got them a couple months early this year just in case. Uh, you know that's, the whole COVID situation would uh, would get in the way. That's a great answer because so far I've gotten just repeats of the the Reese's trees, but uh, I I hadn't even that didn't even cross my mind. I I gotta say I probably haven't had one of those. Uh, I am how old am I? Thirty two now. I probably haven't had one of those in like twenty years. Whew, yeah, I, my, uh, I, I'm not a big peanut butter and chocolate guy, so so you're not getting a Reese's tree out of me. Oh man. <laughs> Yeah, I grew up getting those uh, Santa. Uh, it's like a giant Reese's Santa, so it's one of those that gives you the the diabetic shock when you hit that last bite. So, yeah, I uh, I'd go to town on those suckers. So, uh, <laughs> but I again, we're trying to build a rapport with with our listeners. Uh, listeners, the, these are fantastic answers that we haven't gotten yet. So there you go. Going. If you have any, if you have any Anglophile listeners, I, I've done you all <laughs> with Michael Caine and Terry's chocolate oranges. <laughs> all right. Um, so let, let's jump into um, your your blog, your newsletter, uh, and how you got that rolling. Because um, I, I tell people all the time, I started podcasting because I hate Detroit sports talk. It was one of those things where it was, all right, am I really going to spend every day fuming about this, or am I just going to try and produce my own work? So I wanted to ask, not not how did you get started, but what was the, if you remember, what was the work, what was the piece, the analysis that made you so angry that you said, "Damn it, I'm going to do this myself." <laughs> oh man, I don't, I don't know if I could, uh, if I could specifically call you anybody out there. Don't have I to think throw the, uh, under the bus. Or 
I, I think it mostly is just a lot of the stuff that I will write will be in response to stuff that I'm hearing just kind of ambiently. Like it won't necessarily be like I read a specific piece that pissed me off. So I'm going to write a thing that's directly countering it. It's yeah. this discourse doesn't make any sense to me. Clearly it's wrong. And I need the ability to say why I think it's wrong in a format that I can express my arguments thoroughly enough that I don't I, like, I'm not leaving anything out so like in the case of like the first piece that kind of blew up was a, a piece about drew dowdy where i said that drew dowdy has been terrible for the past two seasons and nobody really noticed because he was on the kings <laughs> uh and i basically the entire idea of that was to cover all my bases so uh, you know because it was an article i was able to get into how the rest of the king's defense wasn't as bad as you might think based on the name recognition uh, I, I got into uh, I, I got my friend Jack Hahn, who used to uh, work for the Leafs and uh, the Marlies to do some uh, eye test analysis in there, too. So I kind of had that base covered uh, and, and people responded well to it. But uh, there were certainly some people who didn't. But because I had kind of covered all those bases, I could be immediately aware of who just read the headline and who actually had gone into the article and, and had some more reasonable critiques of it. No, I, uh, that's actually a great answer because I, that always brings me into my own, if I, if I ever dabble, which I wish I had more time, I think that's what we all wish for anything that we do. But um, the, I, I love that you put in there, you needed to mix in the eye test because that's something whenever I'm trying to teach uh, someone how to like start a model or do some uh, analytics work. So I, I've, I've done some mo mainly outside of sports. It's been more for the corporate side and like a, from a marketing perspective uh, right. i'm always trying to teach like you can't there, there's got to be a narrative there's a story still mixed into the analytics so you can't just report a number you can't just create the decision based on that there has to be some form of human element to it otherwise uh, i think you get more believability that way right like for if, sure if, if there, there are so many people that do fight analytics and i think Focusing like the the worst if you had to prioritize the worst thing you could do is just go by the eyeball test <laughs> The right. second best thing you could do is strictly analytics But the absolute best thing you can do to get belief around, you know, wh whatever community you're talking to And also make sure that you're fully informed is to do analytics. I, I would maybe say 60 40. It's like 60 40 uh, analytics 40% eyeball test yeah i because well, i think that like there's a lot of the time that people will say you have to mix the eye test and the analytics a lot of the time people will kind of say that in bad faith like they'll say that as in they'll use it to mean you know oh like you you have to uh use the eye test but then sprinkle in the analytics if they agree with what your eye test says or something like that and a lot of the time the people who you hear that from have no intention of actually like seriously engaging with any analytics that disagree with them <laughs> right. uh but at, at the same time, like you're, you're 100% right. Like an analytical argument has a million times more credibility if you can point to video or something like that and say, see, like this is what I'm talking about. And then, you know, like, like the analytics, especially kind of those macro level shot models and expected goals and stuff like that, you know, they, they tell arguably what happened, but they don't tell how it happened. And that's something that you can really only do fully by uh, watching games. And, and that's another reason why I kind of got into the whole writing thing is because you can't really get into that in a tweet. Like you can easily post somebody's analytical results in tweet form, but you can't exactly kind of go through and explain how they happened 
in a lot of detail. And if you do, a lot of people probably aren't going to see it. So if you package them together, it kind of gives you a full product that has more credibility uh, and also will probably make it a bit, a lot smarter analysis than if you just kind of posted the output of a model. Right. And, and I, I mentioned it before, like uh, I was just scrolling through uh, your Twitter when we were, I, I was getting ready for our interview here. And, you know, the folks that already have in mind, like what your results should be, <laughs> it's, it's, it's insane. Um, you know, uh, I mean, the age that we're in right now, I don't want to talk politics, but I mean, there's statistical analysis for, you know, COVID and somehow we're not following all those statistical analyses. So uh, I, that, you know, that type of thing, uh, that's a whole nother conversation for a whole nother day. I think we've lost enough listeners uh, talking about it on the regular episode. So I'm not, we're not going to get into it with you. Um, but it's just kind of that it's where every single world that lives on Twitter. And I, I mean, like every little subsection of Twitter still has that, uh, that pushback on when there's a number and there's data analysis, they assume that there's some sort of bias and it's, it's it's just playing with numbers and ah, any hoozles. All right, I'm uh, <laughs> I'm gonna make myself angry if I keep going down down that line. Um, but yeah, I I would uh, I just gotta remind everybody to check out. Now I think that's what I like most about your your analysis, and uh, I wanted to have you on a lot sooner. Uh, just kind of yeah, I guess COVID got in the way. Uh, the Red Wings uh, definitely become a harder team to analyze uh, because. And this is something I wanted to ask you too. I, I went through somebody's model uh, to project how many points we were going to have this year, and um, and and your model does a much better job of this. And uh, we're going to talk about that too. But I, it's it's funny to me how hard it is to track a bad team through analytics. Uh, maybe not funny, but more more frustrating. Uh, because there's so little there and there's so much turnover and change and then cross yeah. your fingers hope on like a prospect. Like how, how do you, I guess, how do you make that work? Like how, how do you work that into the analysis of, all right, well, this guy could be great, could be terrible. Where's like, where's the most important line that you're drawing to maybe make sure something's weighted in the right direction so that um, when you build out a team like the Red Wings, you're going to, you know, we are going to be terrible this season, but uh, there's, there's some, you know, there's some point total we're going to have by year's end. How, how do you get there with so much unknown in the air for a team like that? Yeah. So the way that I do it, and it's not the way that everybody does it. There are some people who kind of try to project it kind of fully, like as a team, like as a solid unit or, or kind of projecting how lines will do in, in certain indicator stats. My thing is that I just go player by player. So I use uh, Evolving Wilds wins above replacement stat, which is one of the points of that stat is to kind of isolate things out a little bit from player to player. Uh, and, and make sure that everybody's individual contributions are kind of being sussed out. Uh, and then I project those for next season uh, by uh, using kind of a three-year sample uh, weighted so that the more recent results are, are more important, uh, and then adding an age curve to that. So basically using the research that they've done on how players age uh, in terms of that metric, uh, and then applying that to, so I can kind of add a little bit of an adjustment for how players might age if they're getting better or getting worse, depending on how old they are. And then uh, after that, it's just a matter of uh, taking the the depth chart of the team, which I generally will take from cap friendly, unless they're super far off on something. 
uh, and then uh, just plugging it in and, and see what happens. And uh, in the case of the Red Wings, like you said, when there are young guys coming in, uh, that can obviously be a bit of an issue sometimes. Uh, a lot of the time, and especially for guys who kind of haven't hit that kind of 200 time on ice cutoff in the previous year, uh, my default is just to set them to replacement level because you really don't have any sense of whether a guy is really going to come in and be a huge difference maker. I mean, you can just look last year. Jack uh, Capocacca was supposed to be like a brilliant top six forward right away. Right. And he turned out to have arguably the worst season of the past decade. <laughs> yeah. So, so you really don't want to project, you know, uh, Moritz Cedar to be, you know, uh, the, the next coming of Nicholas Cornwall right off the bat. And then it turns out that he's just not used to playing the, against the caliber of player that he, he'll, he'll be playing in the NHL and, and it will all go to crap. So, you know, I kind of set a safe baseline for that. And then, uh, yeah, I, I, it's, I've been fortunate enough. It, it kind of was a bit of a shot in the dark when I put it together. But I, I will say that even if uh, some elements of Twitter take issue with certain outputs, generally I think it kind of, it kind of passes the smell test in terms of where, Absolutely. you know, the, the best teams kind of generally end up at the top. And obviously, you know, these projections are always going to be super imprecise and vague. I mean, there's no injuries involved. You know, players have breakouts, players fall off a cliff. Right. It really is just kind of as much of an educated guess as I feel comfortable making. And and I would hope a lot more reliable than if I just did what most people did and just kind of guess based on a hunch how different teams are going to do. Right. Just just give your list of, of playoff teams uh, like uh, like we see on Sportsnet and whatnot. All right. No, so, so I put my model together and I said, all right, well, this is dog shit because I came up with like, I think it ended with like 15 points for the Red Wings. Um, (laughs) so so uh in that regard i I just uh that's where we could kind of pivot into so i'm I'm building this roster and the model i was using uh i'm not going to bury it but it it is one that has some um it's got some traction on social media i think people like this uh these these folks so it's not something where i just pulled it out of my ass uh but the the likes of of bobby ryan and namistikov were just not cutting it. it it was something where this model still said no these guys are still going to be a negative impact um on this team even though we know it's going to be a pot like uh how do i want to put that uh, it's uh we're getting better by removing the abdicators the the absolute worst of the worst which i, I also right. saw you had on uh last year's one of your worst contracts so we have to be doing something right because now we don't even have that contract on the books anymore uh yep. but I, I i asked you uh to uh, at least think about maybe you already have something in mind that you've already built, but do, do you see, or, or where do you see these guys like Nemistikov and Bobby Ryan improving the Detroit Red Wings? Yeah. I, well, I think there's a general theme to what the Red Wings did in this off season, which, which I'm, I'm a big fan of, you know, you said yeah. be, be kind to the wings. I, I honestly, I, I feel a heck of a lot better about the wings than I would have in uh, in June in terms of their, their ability to even compete in games next year. Uh, I think what they mostly did was they took players on their team who were a massive negative and they replaced them with guys who are, you know, okay to actually pretty good. So, you know, I wouldn't expect incredible play from Nemesnikov or Ryan. Like they're not guys who I would have on a list of, you know, if I was the GM, I wouldn't be actively seeking these guys out to play in my top nine or or especially in my top six. But I mean, if you're comparing them to who was previously available, you know, I think that that still is a pretty marked improvement for the Red Wings compared to who they had in the lineup last year. And, you know, I, I think overall 
Red Wings fans won't have too much to complain about them compared to the guys who uh, who blazed the trail for them. Yeah, we uh, we just had um, Greg Wyshynski last week, so I wanted to get your mind because I kind of look at Wyshynski as uh, the narrative side, and then you're you're my analytics mind. So I wanted to get like the you you cover the the entire NHL. So uh, from your perspective, then things are getting better, and I I, I think um, you know one of the things uh, Wyshynski and I talked about last week was the um, uh, like. Performance in the season is is fine, uh, but the other thing too is how much flexibility there is in this roster. Uh, so there's a lot of potential. Uh, not only if these guys don't work out, they're just gone as unrestricted free agents, but we do have a lot of potential for for trade movement as well. Uh, do you see anybody on this team as like the number one is probably going to get traded or or has has some value? Or do you think there's maybe some season that needs to be played before we can really put a thumb on any of those ideas? Yeah, I admit that I did kind of look over the uh, the cap friendly, and yeah. uh, if I'm being fully honest with you, I, I'm not seeing a lot that uh, I, I feel would be a super appealing trade ship. You know, maybe some some conditional pick guys, but the only right. guy who really stood out at me when I was looking over it was uh, was Nemeth, who I'm I'm a, a decent fan of. Like, I think he acquitted yeah. himself pretty well for the Red Wings last year. All things considered, I think he he like played like the toughest minutes and some of the biggest minutes and everything, which is not what you previously would have thought that Patrick Nemeth would be doing in, uh, in the year 2020. Uh, so, so like I could see him as a guy who, if, if yeah. the Red Wings are totally out of it, some teams would, would want to go after. And, and I think they'd probably be pretty happy with that. But other than that, you know, I mean, looking at guys like Philpola and, and, you know, that kind of general caliber of player, you know, I, I would imagine that not too many teams will probably be champing at the bit to, uh, to grab those guys. But I mean, the thing is, you know, they're they're poor enough players that I don't think the Red Wings would feel too bad about healthy scratching them or sending them out for a conditional pick if there was a young guy who they felt more comfortable playing in that role. Yeah, we've been playing it on on social media with with our polls as as to like, all right, let let's say like we kind of have to paint the picture of like, let's say Bobby Ryan, he's gonna finish this season if it was a full seed. He's got twenty goals by the trade deadline. Let's say. It's it's a miraculous season for Bobby. He's he's not hurt, you know. Right. Then what do you, what do you want to trade for him? And we're kind of painting this picture where he's become a top six forward. Right. Uh, we, I mean, you see you see those issues. I, I think right now it it's got to be there's got to be some idea of a package. Uh, I know I know Bernier is going to be shopped, uh, or, you know, and I, I also anticipate. Um, and I know this is tough to to throw uh, like. A number behind but we have to believe there's going to be some injuries to start this because this yeah. sounds like they're really going to ramp this up quick from covid testing to your training your training camp to you're going to be checking guys on the ice For so sure. to that end i think we're crossing our fingers too but I, I i like what you're saying like it 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 makes a ton of sense like we I think we have high expectations with all these short-term deals that we said, all right, there's, there's three or four more first round picks coming our way. <laughs> we, you got to pull back. It's got to be second round. It's going to be tops. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't think uh, we're going to bamboozle another team with uh, an Andreas Athanasiu getting two second round picks coming back to us. But right. um, yeah, I, I mean, uh, when, when I, when I said uh, that they weren't really going to be able to get much on, on those, kind of one-year deals. I admit that I wasn't really looking at the guys that they just signed in the offseason. So okay. 
I, I am, and, and we can talk about this a little more when we, in, in terms of kind of the, the Red Wings compared to other teams in the league. But I, I really like what, uh, what Iserman did with the, the blue line in terms of, I think that he kind of oh, got, if you, if you were going to get two cheap bottom pair to middle pair defensemen, I think Troy Stetcher and John Merrill are kind of the guys that you would want to go after. Like they are kind of the, they are the thinking man's bargain bin defenseman from this uh, free agency class uh, with a couple kind of extra who are still hovering around unsigned. But, uh, you know, in terms of the difference between guys like that and kind of Madison Bowie and, and Trevor Daly and, and that kind of class of defensemen, like that is just a, a massive improvement for, for two guys. I mean, Merrill has really, really strong defensive numbers lately. Uh, 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 Troy Stetcher has always kind of acquitted himself as a very solid two-way uh, kind of number four, number five guy on a pretty crummy team with the Canucks. And, uh, you know, you get them really cheap on the bottom pair. Sure, you can flip them. But at the same time, I mean, how long do you really want to have this team be embarrassing themselves night after night? What you would really <laughs> rather have is, you know, you, you, like this team has enough, you know, issues and holes in it right. that you can keep yourself in the, to- in the like top end of the lottery while still improving them by a huge margin. And I think that Iserman has kind of threaded that needle pretty well in terms of making sure that Dylan Larkin isn't going to get embarrassed every night while he's wearing the seat. But at the same time, there's, you know, they're not exactly going to compete for a division title. Right. I, I think the important thing too, is that the, like that free agent, um, you know, I don't. I don't know if we want to go into Knights, uh, the Golden Knights territory of of free agency, sort of damning your next season. But I th- that big splash will come. I think, and it, it'll it'll be three to four years is kind of where we're gauging everything. So that's where this was such an amazing free agent period. Was that it? It still it wasn't anything where we we've picked up another Franz Nielsen contract where now we have to play the game. Well, when this contract ends, then we can start thinking about other improvements through free agency. That, that's why I like it, and I, I like that you, you brought up Stetcher because the more I, I look into what he's been able to do, the more I fall in love. And then, of course, everybody started coming out with their expansion draft stuff, and he's at the top of everybody's list for him to right. be picked up uh, by the Kraken. So uh, it, it's one of those things where I absolutely agree. Like Stetcher looks to be one of the bigger steals, especially in regards to somebody that, that could have just gotten uh, – you know, they're uh, for being a restricted free agent, just could have gotten that offer uh, and instead hits the free agent market and becomes a Red Wing almost instantly. Uh, like that one, that that one feels good, but then immediately, immediately switches to scary with uh, with the Kraken coming up. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. Well, I mean, the thing is, when when the guy that the expansion team takes from you is your depth free agency signing right you know i i feel like you can't really it, it can't break your heart too much when you think about where teams are like the wild or, or even where the penguins might be right. uh you know it, it if they do take stetcher that will be a shame but i i feel like if they, even if they theoretically wanted to keep him i feel like it would not cost it would not be too rich in terms of draft picks considering the the quality of defensemen that will probably be available for uh for Seattle to take. So I think all in all, it's just kind of a, an, an unremitting W for, uh, for, for Steve Eisenman in terms of just taking his defense from, you know, maybe the worst blue line of the past decade to at least one that, you know, in my projections, 
you know, I kind of have have teams ranked in different areas. And I think that they were kind of in that like 24th, 23rd range, which mm-hmm. uh, is certainly not where they would have been last season. So that's a big, uh, big improvement there. Well, I, I, the, the conclusion there is to keep Stetcher at arm's length, everybody. Don't buy those jerseys. Uh, <laughs> just make sure. Yeah, don't don't fall in love. Don't. <laughs> yeah. If you're buying a jersey that isn't Dylan Larkin, you're probably going to have a bad time. Well, you've got, yeah, now we've got Anthony Mantha, I think, is on the team. Yeah, Mantha, Mantha's a good one, too. Just seems like everybody else is like, all right, well, let's wait a couple of years, and then you can get those new uh, crappy reverse retro all-white and gray jerseys. Yeah, there you um, go. Or, or you could buy a practice jersey from 2007 and get basically the same design. Exactly. So uh, we already talked about uh, how, how your war uh, model was built for the, the season, or you, you touched on it. What I, I think I want to pivot into a different question here, because I think uh, everybody's probably, let's see, uh, ha- have we teased in any way that this is a playoff team? Absolutely not. Uh, no. But who do you think, if, if the Red Wing fans are going to need somebody come playoffs, playoff time, who, who's that team they should latch on to now? Uh, and I, 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 I could steal a couple ideas just looking at your model here, but uh, I, I'm not asking you to pick a Stanley Cup contender, but who do you think is going to be that team that's that's the most fun to watch? Maybe I think if you look around the league and you're trying to find another game to watch, you want to see some right. high scoring. And if you're going to be cheering for one of those teams, you're hoping that they're going to score more than the other. Are you uh, are you trying to trick me into uh, suggesting that Red Wings fans cheer for the Colorado Avalanche? Because it really sounds like that's where you're taking it. Damn it! All right, uh, that was absolutely where I was going with that. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I I could not argue with that. Like I I think um, I, I've written an article about how that rivalry is is dead and buried, and it ended with uh, the last outdoor game where we. Uh, beat Colorado in Colorado outside. So this is supposed to be their big time. And Patrick right. Wow was the coach. So it was just one of those where it was like the final nail in the coffin. Boom, boom, done. But I mean, this is, this is a team. I, I rooted for him to be completely honest. in in the, 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 our little um, playoff this summer, uh, I just you can't, you can't get around it. They're so goddamn fun to watch. Yeah, no, I, you know, there's like a couple teams that, that stand out, I think, based on how the divisions have been realigned, because the Avalanche have been in, you know, if not an incredibly tough gauntlet. I mean, like they, you know, people are kind of sleeping on St. Louis now because of the playoffs and, and Petrangelo and all that. But I mean, you know, like Colorado didn't win their division last year. St. Louis did. Uh, but now Colorado has been moved to, I think, what is indisputably the weakest division in the NHL, which is the yeah. uh, Pacific Division. And I mean, there are just there are teams that you can uh, beat up on in that division. And uh, I have a feeling that unless something goes horribly wrong for them, they they probably will be. And, you know, I I think that maybe there's more reason for optimism for some of those specific teams than than the war model kind of suggests, because, you know, the war model is based on past results and it's based on especially last year's past results. So if you were a team like San Jose or like Anaheim that really or L.A. that really struggled last year, you're not going to have a good time when it comes to projecting future points, but you know, that doesn't necessarily mean, I think people always kind of take it when you make a projection like that, that you're kind of self deluded into thinking that you have perfectly predicted in iron, what is going to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, right. I said, I said a couple months ago, I could see, <laughs> you know, the Anaheim ducks suddenly having that top four click and, and Trevor Zegers superstar and they managed to sneak into the playoffs. I mean, you know, if they can do it, anybody else can. So I, I would, uh, 
I would say that kind of the, the 56 game season is kind of the perfect opportunity for you to look outside your division because your team's not going to be playing them and uh, just find a team that you find likable that has a decent chance of contending and uh, see what happens there. Because I, I think you're probably right that it would take, uh, I think a, a Vezina campaign from well, maybe even two Vezina campaigns from, from Grice and Bernier to, to get them in right. the next. And that, that, that's uh, I, I like that idea too. The, the, the 56 game season really mixing up everything that we think we know about hockey because the season might not be long enough for Buffalo to have a 10 game winning streak and then to play themselves out of the playoffs. I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to them starting the season 10 and 0 and then just seeing right. if, you know, it, how, how far below 500 are they going to have to play before it's uh, they're finally out again. But uh, no, I, uh, I, I do. Uh, I, I think, I think this is, this is all. I wanted to talk about uh, in regards to the Detroit Red Wings. And uh, I, I do like that uh, they're, I'm sure some Red Wings fans are happy that they don't absolutely have to root for the Colorado Avalanche like I will be. Uh, but uh, is there anything else that uh, I mentioned at the top of the show, all the different places that we could find you? Is there anywhere else that uh, I, I missed when, uh, when I gave you the intro there? I do want to make sure everybody, again, here's that patreon.com slash jfreshhockey. Yeah, and I'll, I'll, I'll give that another uh little plug just because we're, t- we're kind of talking about the, the roster generator and the standings projections and all that. Uh, so the, the model that that comes from the, the war roster builder is actually, it's available to uh, anybody who's a $5 subscriber on my Patreon. And oh. it, it doesn't only give you the chance to kind of put together a lineup for this year. So you could see what happened if the, the Red Wings decided to trade for Connor McDavid somehow. You could see how that would impact their standings position. Uh, but you can also actually go back to previous seasons and kind of put together teams from then. So you can see, you know, how the the 2008 Red Wings, you know, looked like they were one of the best analytical teams of all time. You can see how they looked in that case. Uh, you can see what would happen if they had managed to lock up Marion Hosa long term. You can see if they signed Yager. There's all kinds of different things that you could do. And, and you can kind of go through from any of the last 13 seasons and put that together. So. If, uh, if you're one of those kind of what-if kind of fans that like to yeah. think about those kind of counterfactuals, then uh, you might have some fun with that. All right. You're, you're going to be seeing at least one more deposit of $5 from me. I, I, I did not realize that. So, yeah, you're going to see one more. Um, definitely, definitely, everybody, if, if uh, you like playing those games like I do, uh, you should definitely check that out. So, I, yeah, I mean, if I'm having as much fun as I, as I, as I do just seeing your analysis, uh, I think we're all going to have some fun playing around in there, too. So, everybody, again, uh, that's patreon.com slash jfreshhockey. Uh, find, find all the analysis at jfreshhockey on Twitter and uh, jfresh.substack.com and uh, subscribe to the newsletter. Uh, so, again, thank you so much. Uh, this, this was wonderful. I hope, uh, I hope you had some fun. Um, and uh, I hope to have you on again once uh, the season gets rolling so we can actually dive into what's going on. You know, what do we actually look like a month in? Something like that. Yeah, no, it sounds good to me. Hope you uh, hope you can make your wife watch uh, Muppet Christmas Girl with you at least once before the season ends. Oh, it's, it's happening. It's definitely happening. All right, ha- have a great holiday. You too.